you're listening to the Wobcast with the one and only, the legendary, the insurmountable Wobby. Yes, welcome back. It's another edition of the Wobcast, a new sounding edition of the Wobcast. Thanks, Josh Dumel, for the intro. Really appreciate that. Um, new sounding because we've taken a break, we've revamped some things, and we have lots to get to, some exciting additions and changes. But before we get to all of that, which is all good and happy, we have one sad thing to do, and that is say goodbye to one of our own. It's producer Nate Vaughn. This is his last Wobcast on the job as the producer of the program. He's not leaving the Vikings. He's not leaving the Vikings Entertainment Network, but he's graduated to bigger and better things, no longer in charge of the Wobcast. We'll be doing other projects. He's handing the reins to Chris Corso, who we will introduce in a moment. But right now, I want to say hello to Nate and goodbye to Nate. Uh-huh. Hey, goodbyes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thank you, Wabi. Yeah. Um, excited about uh, handing the reins to Chris Corso. Mm-hmm. I think he'll do a good job. He seems excited about the project. So, um, yeah, it's been fun. Lots of great, great memories. We do. We do that, have great memories. I'll have with guys. me forever. Yep, and some things will carry on. We're going to do over-unders. We're going to do you know a lot of the same segments that we've done in the past. We're going to share sound with you guys, but it just it won't have the same you know it won't have the same feel. So we got new intro music now. We'll have a few new segments to change it up. The Wobcast with producer Nate, as you once knew them, they are they are going bye bye. But Nate is gone. not going bye bye. Correct. What are you going to be working on? Well, all kinds of stuff. Um, First off, I'm going to try to get rid of this cold. Mm-hmm, but too. then after that, uh, I'm working a lot on our show Beyond the Gridiron this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is is going to be taking uh, a, a good chunk of my time. Um, and then, of course, you know, as with all of us VEN members helping with stadium videos, uh, shooting press conferences, locker room, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So so we do it all, and there's just seems to be more and more every year that we do. Yes. So, so this is one thing that that uh, I'm able to kind of hand off to Chris and and uh, and obviously Wobby. You are still it is still the Wob cast. I'm hard to get rid of. Yeah, just ask yeah. my wife's family. <laughs> yeah, I'm hard anyway, to get rid of. so lots of cool stuff. Excited about uh, the Wob cast still going strong. Yes, we are, and we uh, we have a ton to get to today. We have um, a season preview edition of the Wob cast, of course. Uh, Randy Moss is going into the Ring of Honor on Monday night, so we have Moss memories. We're going to bring in team reporter Eric Smith for that. But before we do all that, we're going to introduce Chris Corso. What's up, Chris? What's up, Bobby? It's good to be on. It's good to have you on. You're going to be on all the time now. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm I'm um, excited. People listening already know you're from the East Coast. You can tell just when I start talking. Yep. They can tell by, (laughs) by the way you talk. But introduce yourself. Talk a little bit about Tell people what you do for the Vikings. And, uh, and let's get this Wobcast rolling. Yep, I'm Chris Corso. I post a lot of our content to the site. I run Vikings.com with Ryan Cardinal. Um, we post all the videos, articles. Um, I do a little bit of writing as well as uh, helping out with, with a little bit of everything. So now you're going to produce the Wobcast. Now I'm producing the Wobcast. We'll be, uh, have some new segments. We'll be changing it up. Maybe a little, uh, little something different, but right. yeah, we'll give it, a, give it an East Coast feel. That's I like that. We could use that. Uh, we're somewhat kindred spirits, Chris. You're a twin. That's I right. I have twins at home. That's right. We're connected already. Yep. So we got that in common. Um, 
And also, our guest today, Eric, is a twin. So it's um, twins you know, on twins. We have a twins theme going uh, on the Wobcast today, but that's another uh, cool thing about Chris. All right, let's get down to business. Uh, first, Chris, 53 man roster set by our Minnesota Vikings last week. Uh, you have um, you've set aside three sort of main talking points from the 53-man roster, so let's go through them. What's number one? So obviously the biggest point from the roster cuts were um, the biggest one I saw was Alex Boone getting cut. Yeah, um, in terms of a surprise maybe. That was definitely a surprise. We brought him in as a free agent last year. Um, he was brought in to revamp the offensive line, and a year later he's gone. So that was a surprise. Already signed in Arizona. Yep. And, uh, and so the Vikings move on without Alex Boone on the 53-man roster. They keep nine offensive linemen, which I thought maybe it would be ten, given our, our issues with injuries and depth in the past. Um, but nine, nine is a good number, too. So you got your starting five and then four backups. Looks like, you know, we presume it's going to be Easton at left guard, yep. not center, filling in for Boone. And Pat Elfline, our rookie, will be playing center. center. Which so yep. To me... The Boone cut is more about how they feel about Elfline and Easton than how they felt about Boone. I agree. There's been high praises for, for Elfline uh, when it comes to Sam Bradford, when it comes to Mike Zimmer, yeah. and when it comes to Pat Shermer. So I think the three of them coming in saying they trust Pat Elfline. Uh, Sam Bradford actually said it today in his presser that he trusts Elfline just as much as Easton at All the right. center position, and he's uh, – Wise beyond his years, as yeah. many many have said. Other big surprises for me and, and you, Chris, that we have written down here. For me, it was only two quarterbacks. You know, the Vikings become a two-quarterback team. That was huge. Um, they only kept, obviously, Case Keenum as the backup and then Sam Bradford as the starter. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater goes to the PUP, so he's not active, um, at least for the first six weeks of the season. So two quarterbacks. That's, yeah. uh, it gives you an extra roster spot yep. uh, to mess with. Um, five safeties, as you noted. Uh, a lot of times teams will keep four. We're keeping five. And then uh, lastly, we tra- We made a trade. Yeah. Jermaine Brock comes to the Vikings. Uh, he was uh, by way of the Niners and then the Seahawks, was with the Seahawks in the preseason. Now he's a member of the Vikings. Coach Zimmer said earlier in the week, nursing a bit of a groin injury, will be interesting to see how the Vikings train him, if he's an outside guy, an inside guy, if he's both. I think corner's a great position in which to have depth, and, uh, and Brock's addition gives the Vikings a little more depth there in case something happens to two of our three guys who are going to play a ton, Waynes, Rhodes, and Mack, and if something happens to Terrence, we run into some trouble, you got Tremaine Brock. It's good um, to get depth there. Um, yeah. Obviously, he remembers being in Minneapolis when he played for yeah, the Gophers. for one season, right? Yep, for yeah. one season, and he comes from the Seahawks, but he did start last year for the 49ers, so... Yeah. To see that he has that experience starting in the NFC, going against some of the familiar faces and quarterbacks and offenses, so yep. it's uh, it's good to add depth at that spot. All right, so those are some of the surprises or or noteworthy items. What's next? I think a big thing you commented on was the UDFAs, and we're gonna go to a clip here of one of my favorite UDFAs, and that's Deshaun uh, Bauer from LSU. Um, he's very familiar with Daniel Hunter, who also played at LSU, and he showed a lot of promise in the preseason. Probably uh, the most impressive player that I watched in the preseason when it comes to backups and um, guys who are fighting for a roster spot. UDFA undrafted free agents. Three of them make the roster for the Vikings. Tashawn Bauer, one of them, and we have some sound here about Bauer. I mean, uh, it's kind of like draft day. You know, you're waiting all day to get your number called, and now 
you kind of don't want to get caught, and so it's the opposite. But it's still a long process, a long day, and you know it's over with now, and now we're focused on New Orleans. How tough is it to get that? Everybody will say, doesn't matter what happens, you know, you always have to come out and prove yourself every day, every practice. How hard is that with that high that you just had of clearing that first hurdle to keep that? I mean, I don't think it's that hard. I mean, I think if you have that attitude every single day, nothing changes. You have to have that attitude that I'm going to come out and be the best I can be. I'm going to work on my craft and get better. If you come out with that attitude every day, nothing else changes or nothing. Uh, you don't have to adjust to anything. Take the standpoint, you were in this, nobody gave you anything. Right. Is that fair to say that you grabbed a job and nobody handed you anything? I mean, that's a pretty good story for a guy who's been Right. I mean, I think that's life. You know, you don't get handed a lot of things, everything you got to work for. And, you know, if you work hard, good things will come. And I worked hard and I'm here now. And, you know, I'm going to keep working hard so I keep getting good things. And so this team does well. And, you know, we'll see. As you say, Chris, a humble quote there from Tashawn Bauer, and I believe it was after the Seattle game, I did an interview with him live on Facebook, and before the, you know, he had a sack in the game, so it was our second preseason game, so it was two preseason games, two sacks for Bauer, and I'm like, dude, what number are you going to wear in the regular season? Like, joking around with him like he's going to make the roster, and he wasn't going to wear number 64 when you're on the 53-man roster, you know, and he, he wouldn't, he didn't take the cheese, you know, he's like, ah, I don't know, got to make the team first, it's only two games, so... Obviously a humble guy. Uh, glad to see him make the roster. Uh, great pick by the Vikings scouting and coaching staffs following the draft. Um, all right, what's next? Uh, we're going to go to biggest strengths, and I think obviously the big point here is the defensive line. Um, yep. It's been a strength for years on years here, ever since I've been here in the 2015 season and going forward. Um, you bring back a lot of returning starters, um, pretty much all of them. So this is one of the main positions where – Again, we've added depth like Bauer and guys who come as UDFAs, but we also have Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter, who returns in a more expanded role where he's finally a starter for the first time. Uh, Brian Robinson takes the step back. He'll be able to work on the inside and also be a pass rusher on certain downs. So I think you got a lot to work with here. And I didn't even mention Linval Joseph. Who Maybe the best nose tackle in the league. He yeah. is one of the biggest run stoppers. I remember him when he was in New York for the Giants and he won a Super Bowl yeah. back there. So he's uh, done nothing but improve since he's been here. And I th- he- Yep, I think Tom Johnson is solid. Jaleel Johnson had a great camp in preseason. He had some depth. I think, I think he could be active on game days even. Um, so, yeah, really deep position group. Another deep position group on the 53-man roster is running back. Yep. Um, I love the three backs we have, plus a fullback and C.J. Ham who can carry the ball if you need him to and play on special teams. Um, I think with Jarek McKinnon, don't let him be the forgotten man. He can still help you, including as a kickoff returner. In the preseason, he had a kickoff return touchdown. He can catch the ball. He can pass protect. And um, Coach Zimmer had some good things to say about Latavius Murray uh, during his press conference on Thursday. So um, positive things coming from Latavius since he was able to join the team for practice after missing most of training camp. And then obviously Dalvin Cook, we're all super excited for him. Uh, possible Rookie of the Year guy because he plays a position that wins Rookie of the Year a lot, and he's a big home run hitter, had a ton of long runs at Florida State. So I think running back um, is a really deep uh, position for this team as well. Well, Zimmer said it today. When you brought up Dalvin Cook, he said he's kept his head down. He's had no character issues so far with the Vikings, like they said when he was coming out in the draft, and that's kind of why he fell to us. But 
Um, having him in the building, he's done nothing but work hard, keep his head down. He's energetic with his teammates, and they're expecting big things from Dalvin Cook, so I'm looking forward to seeing him yeah. uh, get a lot of carries. And finally, on the 53-man roster, let's go back uh, to the Alex Boone talking point, which we mentioned uh, earlier in the show. Um, and Coach Zimmer kind of talking about his feelings about the offensive line after so much focus and emphasis was put on it in the offseason, how he feels about that group going into the regular season opener against the Saints. I feel good. I've, I've sat in that room, uh, you know, a lot. And uh, these guys have uh, have good conversation. Um, they've worked good together. And we've been mixing around the, uh, you know, the rotations quite a bit on the what are some of the challenges in establishing that continuity when you have that many new guys lined up next to each other? Well, it's basically being on the same page. You know, you get different looks and different, um, you know, so you got different calls. You know, the, I don't think the calls will be anything different, but it's just making sure everybody's on the same page. You know, different than, um, you know, any other position, really. What were the factors in the decision to release Alex Boone? Uh, I was trying to find out the best for our football team. Like you saw Nick Easton there, left guard, Elfline at center in Seattle in that preseason game. What'd you like about that combo specifically in the interior? Well, I thought they did a, a really good job. Uh, I thought uh, they came off the ball low. Uh, they got to the second level. They did a good job in pass protection. All right, let's talk about the season in general. 2017 is upon us, um, and the Vikings and the schedule and the way it lays out. The Vikings this year play the NFC South and the AFC North. Those are the two divisions that they play, aside, of course, from their own division and also the third-place teams in the other NFC divisions. So uh, we play the Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Bucks in the NFC South. And in the AFC North, we play the Browns in London. We play the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Bengals. First half, very heavy on the home slate. Five of our first seven games are at home. Second half of the season... Obviously, very heavy on the road. Four of our last six on the road, including three road games in a row late in the season. We play in London in week eight, have the bye in week nine, and then I have an opinion on some of the tougher opponents. Obviously, this one, um, the Saints week one, is going to be tough. At Green Bay in week 16, December 23rd, tough game. At NFC champion Atlanta Falcons in week 13, and then week two at Pittsburgh, also a tough game. That's how the schedule lays out. Fellas, I want to go to each of you for one quick thought on the season in general with it only a couple of days away. Well, my one quick thought would be five out of seven in the first seven games are at home. This is where you really have to come off to a big start. Um, we've brought up some of the games on the road that we have here. One at Heinz Field against the Steelers, probably the toughest game on the schedule. And then, of course, you have to go to Atlanta, to that new stadium to take on the Atlanta Falcons. So um, having some of those games and then three games on the road at the end of the season, I think it's big for the Vikings to come out on Monday night, get a win, and uh, definitely take advantage of the home heavy schedule at the beginning of the season if they can do that they can put themselves in a great position uh going forward yeah. eric got, got to make some hay early in the season all right team reporter eric smith comes in joins the wobcast first of all hi what's up Bob? nothing man thanks for coming in yep um you you heard me lay out the schedule your thoughts not just on the schedule but your thoughts about 2017 as a whole uh, i'm excited first of all yeah. i think we all are um, two games that kind of stand out to me are the I think we go back to back late in the year 
at Carolina, at Atlanta. Yeah. And that's the reigning two NFC champions. Yeah, sure. You know, them talked a lot about being a tough team and, and finding ways to persevere. You know, I think in order to make the playoffs, we're going to have to win those games, you know, win tough games on the road. Um, you know, and those are probably two of the tougher uh, the tougher games we have in that road stretch. I'd add another team to the, the tougher games. Yeah. Not that I don't think their team is going to be necessarily playoff bound, but obviously at Chicago is always Monday uh, night. Yeah. yeah, it's always a tough place to win for us. I think we've won twice in the last 10 years or something yep. like that. And, um, yep. Yeah, definitely a, a focal point being out. I don't know why. It's just not easy to go there and play for us. And it, I don't it, know what the Bears' record is at home against other teams. Like, I, I don't think Green Bay has any trouble going there and winning. But, like, yeah, for some reason. We just can't. A, no, a we can. We can. I tell my kids all the time, don't <laughs> say I can't. You can. We can. We have it. There's just a weird aura around yeah, it. Yeah, it is. We need to We need to bust that aura right We did it in... We did it two years ago. And, yeah. And won the North. We're going to do it again this year. All right. Shoot. Sick of losing there. We're not losing there to Mike Glennon or Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. I don't... Th- yeah, I think the quarterback situation is one that will Dang. definitely benefit us this year. I, well... I don't see as much... Ta- I mean... I hope you're you're right. Jay Cutler came out of the dead last year, and <laughs> I don't even know. He's played the best game of his... In the last two seasons that he's had, so... Jay Cutler... Um, uh, you can rip on him for a lot of things. He's talented. He's got an arm, yep. and he's ruthless, man. He'll kill you. I agree. He'll kill you. He came back there. just for that game against the Vikings on national television. I, and just, I have nightmares of Cutler to Hester deep down the middle of the field. At oh, I can imagine. Stadium a few years ago, just Hester, Cutler, just ruining so many days. Anyway, we don't have to deal with either one of those guys. And Alshon's gone, too. So. Yeah, he is, and that's nice. I get it. But it's it's just hard to go there and win. We got to do it this year, though. We get another crack at them on a Monday night, too. Jordan Howard's good, though, running back. Yeah, he's real good. He had 200-yard games against us last year. Um, You know, we should take a deep dive, Eric, you and I, on the Vikings' run defense last year because I did some research on it. And, like, it wasn't awful. Like, the numbers aren't great. But it's because we gave up long runs and we gave up a few bad games. 60, 65-yard run to How- uh, Howard, yeah. right, that first series in Chicago. The first six opponents we faced last year, we kept all of them under their season average for rushing yards in a game. So we can defend the run. We just got to execute better. Story for another day. Um, let's go to a big talker in each phase of the game, guys. Defense, offense, and special teams. I have one for offense and special teams. I don't have one for defense. What's the big talker? For us on defense this year. Well, defense, you're going against a lot of good quarterbacks this year. You're going against Drew Brees week one. Obviously, you have to go against Aaron Rodgers twice. You have to go against Matt Stafford twice. So a big spot here is going to be the nickel position, which was left open by Captain Munerlin, who went to the Carolina Panthers in free agency. And the lead candidate for that spot is Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, He'll be entering his second year out of Clemson, and he's got to really step up and fill this role especially in the first couple of weeks we're going against the third um all-time best passer in Drew Brees and he's going to be targeting that that slot spot for sure so my big talker on defense is how the nickel position is going to pan out whether it's going to be McKenzie or it's going to be Tremaine Brock or one of the other corners Terrence Newman someone's going to have to take that role and uh, run with it I think I'm excited for the for the defensive line and uh, Daniel Hunter especially um, I think he's on the verge of stardom. 
you know, I think he's yep. prime for a, a monster year. Um, it was funny. I was talking to our colleague Craig Peters in the locker room earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, Daniel was interviewed by the media, and there's not a more like soft-spoken guy on the team. Yeah. But on the field, he's an absolute terror. Yep, agree with that. All right, offense. It's can the offensive line improve? Uh, that is the main talker um, for this season for the offense, in my opinion. And um, you know, one way that I look at it, and I've I've been saying in some of my radio spots or just talking to fans. If you look at the 2015 Vikings, they were 11 and five. They averaged 22 points a game, a little over that, 22.6 points a game. So let's say 23. They averaged 23 points a game, and I don't remember their yards per game average, but it was six yards per game more than last year's team. And then last year's team was six yards fewer than the 2015 team, and three points fewer. To me, that's not a big difference. No. Three points a game, that's a field goal. Field goal a game and six yards a game. That's the difference between the offense in 15 when we won 11 games and the offense in 16 when we were 8-8 eight and, eight and everyone won and everyone fired, right? Like, even us. Even people wanted us fired, okay? <laughs> so, like, what, what the point is, the difference to me there is marginal. Like, if, I, think, I, think, if, I think the difference is, and we and Bradford and other people have harped on it. If you get in the red zone, you get a touchdown and not a field goal one time, and there's your four points. Yeah, for sure. And I think the stat is 21-3 and three when we score 21 points under Mike Zimmer. And if you just score 21 points a game, like you're, you're the 20th offense in the NFL. Like you're not even that good. And that's all we have to get to to win 21 of 24 games. Combined with our defense, who likely going to be a top five defense. Right. So that's the basis for my optimism is that we don't need the 1994 Dallas Cowboys offensive line to walk through the door here. You know, we need like the 2015 offensive line to come through the door. Like, and then we're going to win 11 or 12 games. So that to me is the big storyline um, for the offense. Your thoughts on that? I agree there. Obviously, you touched on the offensive line. I'm going to go with something different. Even though I believe the offensive line is number one, I'm going to go with the running game. We were last in the league last year in rushing yards, and that is something that I think will change. We have two additions to the backfield in Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray, and you have two guys who are totally different, run in totally different ways. Um, Dalvin Cook has been praised for his patience and the way he runs in between the pads. Um, I think he's going to be more of the every down back. And then you're going to have Latavius, who ran for 12 touchdowns last year, and he'll be the guy who, who you can turn to on third and one or in the red zone when you need to push it into the end zone. Yep. And I think those two guys will complement each other well. And then you can't forget about Jarek McKinnon, who can be used in the slot. He can be used on screen passes. He can be used, obviously, in the kickoff return game, which he's already showed in the preseason so I think the mix of those guys we're going to have a big improvement there yeah it's funny that you mentioned uh, the screen game because I asked uh, coach Zimmer about that in training camp and he's like we were we were awful we, we've been awful so I went back and looked at every game last year we only completed three screen passes for 12 yards all season really and, yeah and two of those were against Green Bay in week two so we completed one screen pass. To, this is to running backs only, yeah. not to wide receivers or anyone else. One screen pass the rest of the season after Green Bay. And I think you mentioned the O-line. We've kind of tailored, 
and twisted the style of offensive linemen that we have. We don't have yeah. big hulking guys anymore. Yeah. We have more smaller athletic guys who can move in space and get out there. And throw like them. Pat Elfline and Nick Easton. Exactly. I mean, get out there and throw blocks. Yeah, yeah. All right, special teams. Um, I kind of have a smorgasbord, if you will, here, uh, but kind of jammed it into one talker. Um, new punter and holder, uh, new kickoff returner, and then the kicking competition, four bath stays. So all that is new. We never had to worry about our kickoff returner. It was Patterson for four years. Uh, we never had to worry about our, our kicker. We didn't have a kicking competition. You know, we had Blair Walsh. And then, uh, and obviously, we're dealing with a new punter and holder uh, after Jeff Locke left via free agency. So, some newness, if you will, on special teams. But I have so much confidence in Mike Prefer, uh, our special teams coordinator, and Ryan Ficken, the assistant special teams coach, that I think they're going to be just fine when it comes to special teams. And I think if you look at the composition of the 53 man roster, there was consideration given to special teams in terms of who made the roster and who didn't. And I think a great example of that is a guy like Eric Wilson. Um, you stole it. Who, that, that's what you're going to say. Who I think can be a maven on special teams. He was kept one of those undrafted free agents that Chris talked about earlier. So um, special teams I feel good about even though it's fresh and new. What do you guys think? I agree. Well, you talked about Eric Wilson already. He knows how to find the football, and he showed that all preseason. So he's a guy who can really help out on special teams, making big tackles, forcing turnovers. And the one other thing that we didn't bring up is we do have one returner, and that's the gunner in Marcus Sherrill's. Yeah, he, right. People underrate that position, and right. we had two good ones, and we had P- Cordaro Patterson, and then you had Cheryl's and Cheryl's. Yeah, and what you're hitting on is yep. an important point, and it's it's w- one reason why I love Prefer. If you look at who's played Gunner for us, Everson, Everson Griffin has played it. Cordero Anybody, Patterson, Jarek McKinnon can do it. Like they're creative that way. Laquan played it last year. Laquan did, yeah, exactly. Good point. Yeah, so that's a that's definitely a strength as well in our special teams. And obviously, you do have Marcus Sherrills who can always return a punt and always can provide a backup uh, to return kicks. So he's uh, he makes the, makes the team every year because of what he can do on special teams. And guys who are drafted high and come from anywhere can't do what he does, which is impressive. Him being a walk on and uh, being such a big part of the special teams unit. Yep. Um, anything for you there, Eric? Uh, yeah, just about the kicking battle. Yeah. Um, obviously, Kai Forbath won that job. I think just his consistency kind of stood out. You know, I mean, obviously Kane made that 58-yarder and then yeah. came right back and, you know, missed from 47. I don't think Kai missed a kick all preseason, and that's just who he is. I'm not saying he's, gonna, he's never not going to miss any kicks or anything, but he's just real consistent. Yeah, and coaches are addicted to consistency. So maybe it's not a surprise that Kai won that job. All right. Uh, let's transition and let's talk about this game. Monday night, New Orleans Saints coming to U.S. Bank Stadium on ESPN's Monday Night Football. Game one of the annual MNF Week 1 doubleheader. The Vikings hosting it. Um, Randy Moss going into the Ring of Honor. Adrian Peterson making his return. It's, the place is going to be bonkers. The atmosphere is going to be lit and it's going to be sweet and I can't wait to be there. Oh my God, I want to go there right now. Um... Move the Sticks, one of our favorite podcasts, uh, hosted by Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah. They broke down a matchup that they like in this game. Corso found this. It's on Vikings.com. If you haven't heard it, take a listen to this. Those guys talking Zimmer v. Breeze. 
You have to find a way to disrupt the rhythm of the pass game if you're the Minnesota Vikings. And one of the ways the Minnesota Vikings do it is by bringing pressure from every angle. Some of the times they will bring double A-gap pressure. They'll put the guys inside. But when you look at the tape, their overload, bluff, and blitz package is outstanding. And The one cool thing about the, that matchup, Zim was talking in his press conference earlier in the week how it's like almost impossible to fool Drew Brees. And I, I think Drew Brees and Sean Payton probably feel like Zim is one of the toughest D coordinators to crack. So tons of mutual respect between these two parties. Really cool part of the matchup. Let's go to the next one. Adrian makes his return to Minnesota. One of Adrian's former teammates, current Vikings, Xavier Rhodes, had a few words on that. 3-2. Let's give our two cents on it. You heard from Xavier, our two cents. I think um, I actually am buying the coach speak from Mike Zimmer. He said this game's not about Adrian Peterson. I agree with him. This game will not hinge on the performance of Adrian. And what I mean by that is if Adrian has a great game, the Vikings can still win. If Adrian is shut down, the Saints can still win. It's a cool storyline, and it's a big deal, and he's a Hall of Famer, and he's coming back to us and all that, and it's week one. But this game goes far beyond the return of Adrian Peterson to me. And the Saints offense goes through Drew Brees. Right. I mean, there's no question about that. He's elite, and he's... He's only 5,000 yards away from being an all-time leading passer in NFL history. 5,000? 5,500, something like that. Yeah. And Sam Bradford broke the the completion record last year, but it was Drew Brees who was right there behind him and broke his own record that he held in the first place um, last year as well. So he's obviously still shown the ability to be accurate and to find his receivers at the age that he's at. Um, He's probably the most impressive quarterback uh, statistic-wise that I've seen. Yeah. Um, next one, Willie Sneed. Maybe you haven't heard of him if you're a Vikings fan listening to this. Maybe you have, but he matters to the Saints. Really good slot receiver, uh, not playing in this game. He's suspended, so he'll be out. Ben Lieber, former Viking, current Vikings sideline analyst on the Vikings radio network, made a great point when he was speaking with PA on 9 to noon earlier in the week, saying maybe the Saints will find a way to use rookie running back Alvin Kamara by putting him in the slot, thought that was a great point. For me, no Sneed means watch out for Ted Ginn, who to me, maybe not the most consistent career of all time, but like he he strikes fear, I believe, um, in defensive coordinators across the league because when the ball's in his hands, watch out. I agree. He's been a guy his whole career, even at Ohio State in college, where he just takes off. He's a guy who can really run a straight route and go deep, and I think that works out with Breeze, and I think that's why he is at the one position on their depth chart as the other receiver. Obviously, Willie Sneed is not there, which is a big help for the Vikings, but don't forget about Ted Ginn. He he can run. There's a reason why every year someone picks him up. He's never sitting around as a free agent. So even at his age, he's still able to run past uh, cornerbacks and past uh, the secondary. So I'd watch out for Ted Ginn. But can he run past Trey Wayne? No. Trey can run with him. Yeah, right. we'll I, say I no. Think be, if, if Ginn runs a nine route and he's going deep, I, I, lo- I love to see that Trey run, Trey run yeah. right with him. I think he can. And, uh, and we had Bursich break down a little bit of Ted Ginn film on Vikings game plan this week, which is on the site right now, Chris? It'll be on the site uh, pretty soon. Okay, so go to the website, check out Bursich film room from this week, breaking down Ted Ginn and some other facets of the Saints offense, but primarily um, misdirection, play action, and the ways the Saints and Drew Brees and Sean Payton can deceive a defense. Last one, 
Bree's career against the Vikings. John Gruden, one of my favorite guys to listen to talk about football. John Gruden is awesome. He's talking about Drew Brees. Well, Brees, first of all, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is—he's uh, as good a quarterback as you'll ever get a chance to watch play. He's—he's he's a great athlete. Nobody understands uh, what a phenomenal athlete he is. He could probably win the short shuttle uh, at the combine if you put all the quarterbacks there. He has incredible body quickness. Uh, he is such a football. Uh, master. He, he understands defenses. He has great recognition. He can make all the throws. He's a Hall of Famer. There's nothing that man can't do. Uh, when I studied Bradford, he should get a medal. He might be one of the toughest guys we got playing. Forget about the 70% completion percentage. He got pummeled last year. Uh, he showed up, had to learn an offense, very short notice. Uh, he won some games for the Vikings. He took a lot of shots. Major shots. Uh, I'm hoping the new revamped Viking offensive line, the addition of Dalvin Cook and Murray, can offset the loss of Peterson and help him because uh, he needs to be, I think, protected better for him to flourish like Drew Brees has. He just hasn't had that. Ooh, complimentary words from Gruden on our guy, Sammy Sleeves. It's good to hear him say that. When you, whenever you're in uh, Drew Brees's comparisons, I think yeah. you're you're in uh, the right place. Uh, especially coming out of the mouth of John Gruden, who knows quarterbacks probably as good as anybody nowadays. So to hear him say when Bradford's uh, when Bradford has the time and when he has that time in the pocket, uh, comparing him to Drew Brees, those are high words. Yeah, for sure. Um, Gruden will be at Winter Park Saturday as part of ESPN's production meetings. We are definitely going to try to track him down and talk to him. I'd, I, want, I just want to listen to him. Did I say Drew Brees or John Gruden? I think John Gruden. John Gruden. Okay, good. Yeah. Me too. I just want to hear Gruden talk, like in person. I love hearing him talk on TV. He just is so enthusiastic. He's animated. Oh, God, it's the best. It's That's the best why ever. he speaks on prime time. Yeah, the people man. love him. Can't wait. We post an article about him on the site, and people are all over it. So. Right. Um, all right, what's next? All right, and next is our over-under series. This is a series that Nate and Wabi ran for a yep. while, so I think we're going to pick it up, and I definitely love uh, talking a little over-under. We have a lot of things to talk about because it's the first game of the season, so there's a lot of yeah. questions up in the air. I think one of the biggest things is touchdowns in this game. These right. are, this is a big offense in the New Orleans Saints. Uh, this is combined Vikings and Saints. What do you got for me, Wabi? Well, I, want, I need you to set the number. You you be the, the odds maker. That's right. The number is going to be five. We're going to go five just because you got a really okay. good offense. All right. So five touchdowns, Saints-Vikings combined in this game. That would give you uh, – that's 30 points. The over-under in Clark County is uh, is 48-and-a-half for this game. Wow. So That's high. I think – I think that your number here, Chris, five is right on because five would be 30 points. You figure there would be 10 kicking points in the game, eight, nine, 10 kicking points in the game. So you're probably right here. I'm going to take the under. Wow. I'm taking the under in this game. So you believe in the defense. I believe in the defense, especially the Vikings defense. I'm not writing off the Saints defense as awful, which they were last year. They were atrocious, but it's like brand new. Like the whole defense is eight, new. Eight new starters. Okay, is that yeah. what it is? Yeah, something so like that, yeah. I can't sit here and be optimistic about our offensive line because it's brand new and then rip on the Saints defense for being brand new. 
because I'm anticipating brand new being better for our O-line. Yeah. So it's only fair to anticipate brand new being better for the Saints defense. So I also think that both teams are really going to try and uh, run the ball. I think the Vikings are going to try and shorten the game, and I think the Saints are going to focus on the run because I don't think they want to put Drew Brees on seven-step drops in our house with Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter tearing off the edge and Barr and Kendricks freaking people out in the A-gap. So I see the clock running a lot, and I see lots of runs in this game, and I see under five touchdowns, and I, I get a bonus touchdown. If it's five, I push. So I'm, I'm taking the under. I, I, I like that, and I think if that happens, I think we have a good chance to win the game. Okay. Um, I think the Vikings yes. want, want to have that number lower. What do you think, Eric? Uh, yeah, I'm also going to take the under. Um, I kind of agree with Wabi. I, I think it's going to be five. I can't pick five for the push, but so I'm going to take the under, and hopefully I win. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think, I, think, I think both sides are going to make plays. I mean, it's not like the Saints are going to get shut out. You know, I've, right. you, you have to give them credit, but I think our defense sure. will also ride to the challenge. Well, I think both of you guys are crazy <laughs> because I'm going over. Oh, you are? Yeah, I'm wow. going over. I, I never said my answer yet, and I you think it's it. over. I, I think Drew Brees is coming ready to play. Not to say I don't believe in Mike Zimmer's defense, but I think that there are so many weapons on their side, and I think that we're going to score a lot of points. Okay. Um, we haven't had a ton of touchdowns yet with our first group, but I don't think they had time to really – uh, have a full full uh, couple quarters and to really get going. And obviously the excitement for this game, I think Stefan Diggs and Dalvin Cook are going to come ready to score some, uh, score some points. Right. So I'm looking forward to a lot of points being scored, and I think we're going to come out on top. All right, I'm writing these down so you guys keep going. Uh, the ne- number two. Yeah, number two is going to be one of the more exciting players, and that's Dalvin Cook, yep. who – He's not trying to be Adrian Peterson in this game. He spoke in the locker room saying he wants to be the best version of Dalvin Cook. We're going to go with the over-under of 85 yards in this game. I think that's a very uh, just right right there in the middle. Um, 85 would be a good game. Yeah. So we're going to go either over-under, and I'll throw it to you first, Bobby. I'm over. I'm over on this. I think Dalvin Cook is getting minimum 15 carries in this game, and that's if we're losing in the fourth quarter and we're throwing a bunch. I think the design will be to have much more than that. I think we're going to go heavy. I think we're going to go unbalanced. I think we're going to go power. I think we're going to go I formation, CJ Ham. I think we're going to run. Um, and that's good for Dalvin Cook. I think he can get four yards a clip, and I think he can get more than 15 carries. That puts him over 85, so put me on the over. To you, Eric. I'm also going to take the over. Uh, I envision him getting around 20 carries, 15 okay. to 20, probably closer to 20. And I think he's going to have at least one run of 20 yards. Yes. 20-plus yards. We only wow. had 24 runs of, of uh, 20 yards or more last year, I think. Like a low in the NFL. Do we not even have that many? I don't, I don't know what the number is. It, seemed like it wasn't high. That's we were the lowest in the NFL. <laughs> it wasn't high. So let's get some more of those. All right. And I'm going over as well. Yeah. I think if you watched the preseason, you saw that Pat Shermer is going to lead towards giving Dalvin Cook the ball, especially early in downs. And I think that's when he'll be able to break out for a big play or two. Yep. And I, I believe against that Saints defense, he's going over. All right. Imagine the roar of the crowd if he busts a 50-yard touchdown run. Oh my gosh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, this last one, number three, is going to be a little different. It's not going to have to do with the game, but it's going to have to do with a big storyline around the game, and that's Randy Moss with his Ring of Honor induction speech. 
the word skull has become pretty popular around here. I didn't know what it meant before I moved out to Minnesota, but now I know. You're indoctrinated now. That's right. And skull is a word that might be used by Randy Moss a few times when he's speaking. It might be, or it might not be. So we'll go over under five mentions of the word skull in Randy Moss's Ring of Honor speech, and we'll go with we'll go with Eric first on this one. I'm taking the under. I was just on a conference call with Randy Moss earlier. That guy's a rambler. He, he'll, he'll talk for 30 minutes if you get him. Um, yeah. I think he's going to thank a lot of people. He's going to be you know emotional. Um, I think maybe one or two skulls, but but definitely not not that many. I'm under. It's a big spot for him, and in a pressure situation, in a big spot, you go to your habits. You go to your crutches. You go to what you're comfortable with. And I, I, do, I just don't think Skull is part of his lexicon. Like, he's a Viking. He always will be, and he loves the Vikings. But he has not gone through marketing 101 with us, and he doesn't know to attach Skull at the end of all his tweets like I do. So I just don't think he's going to do it in his speech. I think, like, he'll do it, like, when he's um, getting his jacket in the Founders Lodge at, at 1230. Like, then he'll do it. He'll do it maybe like when he's messing around on the sideline or whatever, but when everyone's listening to him talk, he's going to go to his habits, and I don't think Skull is in there, so I'm under. How about that for analysis That is some, something that is just totally useless? That, that was great. But that, that's how I think. I, I agree. I, I think it's going to be under. I don't think this word is really in his vocabulary until maybe he'll give one last Skull at the end when his, when his speech is over to get the fans into it. That'd be awesome. But that, even if he does, we're yeah, still under. No, we're under. We're definitely under. I think he might get a little emotional. I think he, he got emotional the day he was back here at Winter Park yep. when he was talking about being inducted into the Ring of Honor and when he first found out. Um, I think he'll talk about Denny Green. I think he'll get into that and uh, Denny Green believing in him and drafting him. Um, but I do not think he's going to use the word skull five times. Okay. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for our over-under segment, and I think we're going to return with Eric talking about his Moss Memories long-form series, which has done very well for us on the, on the website, and he's spoken to many people about their memories of Randy Moss. So we, we'll be back with that. All right, Eric, so talk about this project a little bit because this was not you on a whim thought of this and got it done in 48 hours. No, more like... 480 days, it right. felt like. So yeah, tell was, us about it. So, yeah, it was a long process. Um, we were kind of tipped off internally that we were going to announce Randy into the Ring of Honor a couple of weeks before we actually announced it. Um, I think it was maybe late May, early June, something like that. And so, you know, I did that long form on Coach Zimmer last year, and I'd kind of been looking for a new long form idea. And once I kind of found out, I was like, well, you know, Randy Moss is an, is an easy choice for a long form. Um, you know, and he, it's no secret that he had, you know, a unique and maybe complicated career. So I wanted to get different perspectives on what people thought of his career. So I sat down with uh, Craig Peters, our colleague Craig, and we just kind of kicked around ideas and we thought, you know, what if we come up with like a, a Moss 2020 type deal of finding 20 perspectives on people who were around him? You know, during his football life, it's not it's not all with the Vikings. There's some college ties in there too. Uh, so I kind of made a list and and got to work. Um, the way that the twenty ended up kind of being broken broken down is by kind of chapters or subcategories. 
Um, so if you if you've kind of been following along on the site the last couple of days, you know, obviously I wanted to start with the '98 team because that's where he started, and that was you know a crazy season for a lot of people. That's when a lot of people, even listening right now, became Vikings fans. I think you have people who were fans from the start and the Purple People Eaters. You have people who kind of became fans like in 09 with Favre and the NFC title team. But that middle group became fans in 98 because we had a great offense and Randy Moss and um, made the playoffs a bunch of times in the 90s. And that 98 team is like king of the hill of that era. Right, right. Yeah, so, you know, I kind of sat down and listed out some guys from 98. I knew, obviously, I wanted to get Chris Carter and Jake Reed because they were kind of, you know, obviously three deep. You know, I thought Robert Smith would have good perspectives. Uh, and then, obviously, the quarter, the main quarterback in 98 was Randall Cunningham. I got great stuff from – and then the, the fifth guy in that category was Jeff Christie, uh, who played center. I got great stuff. I think especially from Carter and Cunningham, I think, were my two favorite stories in that bunch, you know, Carter, I talked to him on the phone for 15 minutes, and he told me about uh, before Randy's first game. So week one, 98, we're at home against Tampa Bay. And, you know, the morning of the game, you know, players have a deadline, per se, of when they got to be at the stadium, you know, 9 o'clock or whatever it is. And he's like, kept looking at the clock and getting close to the, getting close to Randy being late, and and there's no sign of Randy. So he shows up, you know, Randy finally shows up on time. And he's nervous, you know, and Chris is like, what's up? You know, you all right? And Randy's like, you know, I'm nervous. You know, it's like I was, I was at home playing video games, you know. And Chris is like, all right, well, you know, did, did you get some breakfast? You know, are you ready to go? And Randy's like, oh, no, I haven't eaten any food. So he pulls out hot tamales and a Coke. And Chris Card's like, that, that's what he had for breakfast, hot, hot tamales and a Coke. <laughs> Goes out there, four catches, 94, 95 yards, two touchdowns. And Chris Carter's like, well, man, like, maybe if you get some nutrients, you know, you might you might play better, you yeah. know, um, you know. And I think the thing about Randall Cunningham, you always envision him throwing deep, you know, to Moth. And when I talked to Randall, he said that, you know, for most receivers, it's forty-five yards down the field and five yards from the sideline. That's that's where you want to throw it. But with Randy, it was more like fifty or fifty-five yards, just because he knew the chances of him overthrowing Moth. Or slim just because how right. fast he was. Yeah, awesome. Two really good stories, Eric, from a, a bunch of really good ones that you have that people can go to the website and check out. They haven't all been unveiled as of right now. More still to come. Right. Um, but lots of really good ones from a lot of different types of people in the organization and in, in his life. So great work on that. Fans can go to the website right now and check it out. Good stuff, man. Yeah, it, uh, it finishes up. Uh, on Monday, Randy had his own story on Monday. Yeah. Um, so it kind of broke down. On Tuesday was the 98 team. Wednesday was Minnesota ties. You know, Stud, uh, Scott Studwell was yeah. a scout. Uh, today, their coaches, you know, Danny Green, Coach Zimmer, Tony Dungy. Tomorrow is more people with personal memories. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is in that, along with Adam Thielen. And then Moss will have his story on Monday. Awesome. All right, that's it for this edition of the Wobcast. We're going to end the show with an awesome quote from 84. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Welcome, Chris Corso. Thank you, Eric, for joining us. Thanks, everyone, for sticking around for this very extended edition of the Wobcast, a new version of the Wobcast that we'll have every week for you throughout the regular season. On behalf of Chris and Smitty, this is Wobby signing off for now. Take it away, 84. I think it's really a big night for for just the, the state of Minnesota. 
I'm 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 a fan. You know, I'm a fan. Oh yeah!